Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Senior Salute Radio. Senior Salute Radio is presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. Hello, and welcome to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. I am your host, Victoria Collier. Senior Salute Radio brings timely information to leading-edge boomers and seniors addressing the issues of aging, caregiving, and maintaining quality of life. Each show, we also salute the life of a senior. Today, we will be talking about medication and stress management. And with us today are Lisa Federico from Georgia Cares Atlanta Regional Commission, Linda Chapman with Rx Confirm, who has a bachelor's and master's degree in pharmacy, as well as a lawyer, uh, a JD, and Melody Haynes of Mind Over Matter with her Emotion Peace System. And we're going to be celebrating a senior that I'll announce later. So our first guest, I'd like to introduce Lisa. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And so with regard to Georgia Cares, um, that's through the Atlanta Regional Commission. Tell me first, who is the Atlanta Regional Commission? What do they do? Well, Georgia Cares is actually a state program. It's the State Health Insurance Assistance Program. It's funded by Medicare to be kind of the local arm of Medicare. Uh, each uh, AAA, the Area Agency on Aging in Georgia, has a Georgia Cares office. So the local office here in Atlanta is with the Atlanta Regional Commission, which is the, the home of the Area Agency on Aging, the AAA. So we provide services through the AAA uh, to seniors, caregivers, folks with disabilities, regarding all types of resources. And then specifically with Georgia Cares, we provide information and counseling relative to Medicare and uh, related benefits. And Medicare itself, it, that's a program that people who are 65 and above have access to because they paid into the Social Security system. Is that correct? Right. Also, individuals who are younger than 65 but are disabled and receiving Social Security disability benefits from Social Security for 24 months, and then they'll automatically get Medicare on the 25th month. Now, I know that when people are about to qualify for Medicare, and let's just say, for example, the 65-plus population, about six, month, six months before they turn 65, they get this booklet that says, these are your Medicare. It's I think it's actually called Medicare and You. Medicare and You. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you know, since they get this nice booklet that explains everything, why would we even need an agency to help our consumers, help our citizens of Georgia? Well, Medicare used to be easy. (laughs) There were two parts, A and B, hospital and medical coverage. And then in 2006, Part D began. uh, And that was the first time that people with Medicare were able to have prescription coverage under their Medicare benefit. So, yes. And how were the medications covered prior? A lot of people did not have coverage for medications. Those who were lucky enough to have retiree coverage through a former employer oftentimes had coverage that way. Um, there were, and there still are, some assistance programs offered by pharmaceutical companies that can provide some help. But there were an awful lot of people with Medicare that had no coverage at all. And for older adults, they tend to take more and more prescriptions to stay healthy. So there was a lot of out-of-pocket expense. And so in 2006, a new program, mm-hmm. Medicare D, was implemented. Right. And that came with a lot of complications and confusion? A lot. It just adds another layer to Medicare. A lot more decisions needed to be made before people just aged into Medicare. They just turned 65, 
they got their Social Security benefit, and they got their Medicare. One thing changed in that people now, they're still eligible for Medicare at 65, but they don't get their Social Security until a bit later, so they have that decision to make. I was just about to ask that, is now some people, you have to age up like 67 and a half or, you know, right. or if people choose to wait till 70 because they'll get more than if they took it earlier. So that does not affect when the Medicare Correct. starts. Correct. Medicare still starts at 65. People may want to delay taking Medicare depending on other circumstances, but that's a whole other show. <laughs> we'll just stay <laughs> we'll focused. We'll have you back. <laughs> I'll come back. Um, right now, we'll just talk about the Part D. And there are a lot of decisions to be made about when to take Part D, with whom, uh, there are a bunch of different companies to choose from, and that's where we step in. Okay. And so before we step into that, let's talk about what are the requirements, first of all, even just to enroll in Part D. Well, first, a person needs to be eligible and enrolled into one or both parts of Medicare, A or B or both. Um, without being enrolled into any part of Medicare and be eligible for that, then they're not eligible for Part D. So that's the first part is to be enrolled into Medicare. Uh Part D, also you need to um, not have any other prescription drug coverage. For people who already have prescription drug coverage offered by, let's say, a retiree plan, that's someone who would not want to take a Part D plan. They would jeopardize keeping their other coverage. And so if somebody, for example, was enrolled in TRICARE Mm -hmm. uh, for life, I think that that for retirees of the military... Right. That covers their prescriptions. It does. So they would not then enroll into a Part D program. Correct. Would they be able to and then they're just, you know, doubly insured, do you know, or they just absolutely cannot? To be honest, I'm not – I don't have that much experience with TRICARE for Life. I don't think that those folks can enroll without jeopardizing their TRICARE coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some other coverages where an individual can have both, but oftentimes not. Um, VA coverage, they can have both. Now, what if someone's not taking any medication? Do they still have to enroll in a Part D plan? Part D is entirely voluntary. However, uh, I like to kind of I liken it to having car insurance. You can't drive a car, not have car insurance, get in a wreck, and then call State Farm and expect them to pay the claim. That's not going to happen. So, same thing with Part D coverage. We hear from people all the time that they don't take any medications. They're perfectly healthy. They are not going to pay the government for something they're not going to use. And then tomorrow they go to the doctor and get a, a diagnosis of cancer and need coverage right now. It, it just doesn't work that way. They'll be, they possibly will pay a penalty for the coverage that they didn't have when they should have. And they may have to wait quite a while to get covered. So they can still get it, but they, they have to maybe wait for an enrollment period. Correct. And if that's the case, then they may be paying higher than they would have originally. Correct. A penalty. So using your car example, you've had that crash and now you want insurance. Mm-hmm. If you can even get insured, it'll be at a higher premium because you're now at risk. Right. Well, for individuals with Part D, there's no pre-existing condition clause or anything like that. You can't be denied Part D coverage. You just may have to wait till the, whatever the open enrollment time would be and then, uh, possibly pay a higher premium for that coverage. And what if someone is under a plan? Let's say, for example, their employer is covering their plan, Mm -hmm. but then, and they're retired, but then the employer decides, we're not going to cover retirees anymore. And so now they've lost their plan. 
Are they subject to the open enrollment rules? Are they subject to the penalties? No, they're not. For individuals that lose their coverage uh, through no fault of their own, and we're hearing from more and more people that this is happening too, employers are, are kind of just, they're unable to continue the retiree coverage that they promised. Those folks do have an opportunity to enroll without penalty uh, for several months after the time they lose their coverage. So they're covered. That's good news. You are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier, with guests Lisa Frederico, currently talking about the Medicare D program that Georgia Cares helps lessen the confusion. <laughs> you know, this all sounds really good, but yet when, you know, I was helping clients after 2006, mm-hmm. there was a lot of complaints. There was a lot of people who were just not capable of being able to figure out what plan would be right, right. for them. And that's what we do. That's it, what we do. Absolutely. You handle the complaints? We handle the, <laughs> the process of figuring out okay. what plan works for them and helping them decide which to enroll into and then assist with that enrollment process as well. And we, yes, we can help with the complaints. If somebody is, has been enrolled, um, into a plan that isn't working and we're still hearing about, uh, fraud going on with enrollments into plans that individuals did not initiate, then they can contact Georgia Cares. We're also the SMP, the Senior Medicare Patrol. So we do help work on on Medicare fraud and finding a resolution to complaints like that. So let's hear about that a little bit more, the fraud piece, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, how could that even happen? How could somebody be enrolled into a plan without knowing it? Now, mm-hmm. I can give you one example I know of, although I don't know that I've ever thought it was fraud, but I'd like to hear from you. And the one example I know of is when people move into a nursing home mm-hmm. and they're already covered and then somebody, some agency, so, you know, comes and says, because you're going on Medicaid, you need to switch plans. I mean, if there's somebody's on Medicaid. If someone's, if someone's going on to Medicaid, Medicaid. Okay. that they then have to switch plans, mm-hmm. uh, both their supplemental, which then often can include the Part D as well. Um, so that's the only time I've ever heard of people being automatically enrolled into a program that they didn't know because they were moving into a nursing home and applying for Medicaid. What well, other kinds of things? There are Unfortunately, there are agents out there that uh, don't always explain things as they should and uh, possibly present products to sound like other types of Medicare products, and individuals will sign up for things that they didn't know they were signing up for. Now, when Part D first came around, there was a problem with um, individuals' names being lifted from signature pages and copied onto applications for enrollment mm-hmm. into plans. Uh, I think that slowed way down. Uh, but unfortunately, older adults are a vulnerable group that are preyed upon often. And there are just all kinds of ways of getting folks to sign up for benefits that they shouldn't. And so when people enroll into a Part D plan, mm-hmm. um, so first of all, we know we have to. Uh, I don't know you yet, should. and we should, yeah. um, but I don't know yet how to to enroll or how to select a plan. But what I do know is that someone might not give me the right advice and that there might be fraud going on. So talk to me about, first of all, how do I select a plan and how do I know when somebody is not giving me the right information? Well, I, the best way to go about choosing a plan is by using the the plan finder tool on the medicare.gov website. 
Uh, and that's the same tool that we use if individuals call us for help. Um, a person should have their Medicare information handy, a list of their medications with the dosage, dosage and the frequency that they take them. Of course, their zip code, so they can put in there what region they live. And the tool will narrow down all the different plans to the ones that per West best work for the individuals based on their medication needs and where they live. If it, and if they don't have access to the internet, we, I encourage them to please call Georgia Cares and that's what we do. We can get all that information, talk to them about their options, the three best plans that work for them and help them make a, a selection and enroll. And when somebody's making the selection, will it sometimes preclude the doctors that they're currently seeing who are prescribing this medication, no, or are they completely has, irrelevant? It's okay. irrelevant. With Part D, it has nothing to do with the physicians and entirely everything to do with the medications. Okay. Now, the physicians would be under Medicare Advantage or Medicare Health Plans, but once again, that's almost another show. And does it have any effect on which pharmacy they use? They need to, to know which pharmacy they use when using the tool, the Plan Finder tool, and it factors that in to help direct people to uh, plans that work with their pharmacies. Okay. Are there any programs available to help pay for the out-of-pocket yes, parts there of are. Part D? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm familiar with that whole donut hole. Mm -hmm. um, is that what you're talking about as far as the out-of-pocket expenses? Well, there are many out-of-pocket expenses. There are premiums, deductibles, co-insurance, and then the, the donut hole for individuals that happen to hit that. Um, there is a program that's through the Social Security Administration called the Extra Help Benefit or the Low Income Subsidy. Uh, and that provides assistance for premiums, deductibles, and co-insurance for individuals that have limited incomes and resources. Great. And so when people are unhappy with the plan they chose, mm -hmm. how and when can they switch? Well, for individuals who don't get any help paying for their drugs, so individuals who are not entitled to the extra help benefit, um, so those who just have Medicare, they, in, those folks need to wait unless they have a special circumstance, which most people don't. But for the average person on Medicare, open enrollment time is October 15th through December 7th of each year. That's when folks should take a, a look at what their plan is currently, what's available for the next year, and make a change. And does Medicare send out notifications letting them know? Hey, open enrollment's coming. You can no, switch your they, plan. No, they don't. <laughs> okay. that, no, um, we try to educate. Uh, there, if anybody, all they have to do is turn on the TV or open a newspaper during open enrollment, and they will see all kinds of ads from insurance companies uh, reminding people that it's time to enroll, and of course, to enroll into their insurance because it's a regular insurance company that's selling these plans. Right, these are private insurance companies that have contracted with Medicare to provide this benefit. And what would be the most important thing that Medicare beneficiaries should remember? That there is help paying for the drug coverage and that there's help uh, navigating the process. So hopefully people will uh, keep the Georgia Cares phone number handy and that the process can look overwhelming, but there are people out there that can help them navigate it. And tell us again what your Georgia Cares phone number is. It's one 552 4464, and then we are option number four. And do you have a website as well? It's mygeorgiacares.org. And is Georgia spelled out or is it, it is. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so no mygeorgia spelled out cares. Right. Dot org. Dot org. Not mm -hmm. com. Correct. Okay. Great. Well, thank you so much for that valuable information. Thanks so much. 
And you are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier, with guest Lisa Frederico with Georgia Cares. And now we're going to be talking to Linda Chapman, I'm sorry, Linda Chapman, medication consultant with RX Confirm. Thank you. And uh, I need your confirmation on that. <laughs> now, we have heard about, you know, the need for being in a right medication plan. And so let's assume that everybody jumps on the bandwagon. They're getting their medication uh, as they should. And what I see with a lot of my clients is serving the elderly is that, you know, they can be on anywhere from zero medication, but most often anywhere from eight to 12 medications at a time. And it's nice to know that we've got this program to help them pay for it. But how do we know that, you know, that's safe for them? One of the questions I get the most, Linda, is, you know, um, I don't know if my medication is working for me. So why don't you talk about what it is your business does, first of all, and then we'll get into those detailed questions. Well, Victoria, first I want to thank you for having me here. And RX Confirm is, is a business that I created a couple of years ago, and it really comes out of the Medicare Part D programs. Back when Medicare Part D prescription drug plans were created, Medicare mandated that the private insurance carriers pay for an annual pharmacist consult to a certain population that was going to be receiving the Part D plans. And the, the particular group that receives that, that consult has varied per year, but generally it's the folks that are expected to have a dollar spend over a certain amount per, per year. It's folks that are on, um, have multiple comorbidities. Uh, comorbidities means you have multiple disease states. Uh, people who are on certain medications. So this was mandated back at the time of Medicare Part D. But very few of the pharmacies were actually doing this type of consult. And so let me understand is that the particular clients slash patients who were prescribed these medications or fit this bill, their pharmacies were the ones who were supposed to get the consult or was it the patient who needed who the was patient to get the was supposed to receive a consult by the pharmacy. Okay. But these just weren't happening. And the so what ended up happening was uh, different groups would be assigned, the insurance carrier would say a certain group of patients have not received their consults, so they would get uh, sent out to private consultants in order to provide that. Now, this is a small percentage of the Medicare Part D prescription plan member. And when I created the business, I looked at it in terms of there are a lot more people out there that will benefit from a medication consultation. Than um, just the slice that fits just within that. just small that. slice, correct. And I had been doing that particular small slice when I was working in a long-term care pharmacy. And, in fact, I was uh, helping to teach some of the PharmD students that particular process. So I saw then how beneficial this is. Um, and then I just moved to create a commercial uh, concierge pharmacy service for everyone else. So it seems like, you know, if the government believes that there's a certain class of individuals that would benefit from the consult, um, that something must be going on. Are there some statistics that show that, you know, medication management or mismanagement can lead to, you know, further illness, death, things like that? Victoria, there's some powerful, powerful statistics out there. And when you look at this, 
improper medication use, and we are not talking about drug abuse here. We're talking about improper medication use. That's the fifth leading cause of death in the United States. And can you give us an example of what improper use would be? What comes to my mind is when somebody is, for example, in an assisted living or more often in a nursing home, is that although restraints are illegal to include medication restraints, I hear from my family members of clients um, regularly that their parents, since moving in, seem so lethargic. Um, and comatose would not be quite the word, but near that. <laughs> and it's, to me, that would be inappropriate misuse. Well, that's called chemical uh, restraint. And that's something that's that's not supposed to be done. Um, I'm talking more of the improper use of Coumadin. Uh, and Coumadin is is one of the leading cause of, causes of death. And what does Coumadin do? Coumadin is a drug that is a double-edged sword. It is a drug that if you need it, you have to have it. It thins the blood. So when it thins the blood, it helps to reduce the the possibility of stroke. And that's particularly true with folks with um, a type of heart rhythm problem called AFib. Um, but on the other hand, that particular drug can can be overused. If that dose is not ex- right on, exactly where it needs to be, um, you, can, you have your blood be too thick or too thin. So it has to be monitored properly. Absolutely. There must, there must be a routine trip to the Coumadin clinic. And I imagine that with that medication as well as others, that if you're on multiple medications, that there would be an impact. Exactly. Or could and, be. And where you have a drug of choice, um, once you have a, an added disease state, that drug that may be a drug of choice, now with this second disease state or this second medication, it can, it can become no longer the drug of choice and can in fact be contraindicated. It's easy to think that, you know, assuming that the pharmacists were doing their job and doing the consultations and consulting with people in that small slice of Medicare recipients for them to have that consult. But how would a regular person who doesn't fit in that slice know that they should be consulting with somebody about their medication? Well, let me give you a few examples. Uh, First off, in the elderly population, uh, you've got folks that are not the same weight that they were when they were younger. They're not as physically active. They don't have the same uh, percentage composition of fat versus, versus muscle. Um, you've got deteriorations and reductions in um, your your renal fun- your kidney function and your liver function. So you're not metabolizing those drugs. Then you add more drugs to it, and the herbals and the the pill that your next door neighbor took because it was helpful for them. And here, just take one. Um, you end up with all of this, and and you're getting a whole pile of medications. And it's very important to be able to share all of this medication history with someone. Unfortunately, what has happened in retail pharmacy is pharmacies do not make money on selling selling prescriptions. They make money on the purchasing end. And if they don't have a good buy on the purchasing end, then they're in trouble. 
kind of like real estate. You need to buy low and then just sell, <laughs> right? Just, I mean, you. Uh, that's the way it is with pharmacies. They just have to sell. And so if you ever go to the drive in window and are able to look in that pharmacy and see the stacks upon stacks upon stacks, um, the pharmacists are just simply overwhelmed. And a lot of times you have, well, all the time, you have technicians that are actually filling, receiving those prescriptions and doing the filling, and it's the pharmacist doing only the check. And if the pharmacist does have a chance to speak with you at the point that you pick up your prescription, it's really only about that particular prescription at that moment in time. There are so many sources of drugs that, that come into any given patient. Um, the VA, for instance, um, makes its own type of substitutions, and these are not generic substitutions that it's the same drug. These are substitutions that are in the same category because of the buying power. Um, so you'll have, a, you'll have a change there. You've got some prescription drug plans have a mail order plan. So you'll have folks that are getting a 90-day plan with e-scribing. Your, your, your conditions can certainly change within 90 days. Oh, absolutely. And quite often you'll have a physician who will say, well, try this for a little while, and if it works, then I'll get you more. Otherwise, try this other one. So what will happen is the e-scribe will go into your prescription benefits plan, even though it's not something that you were told to start taking, and it will all automatically come in the mail. Mm -hmm. And then add to that samples or a situation that you've got an acute um, antibiotic or urinary tract infection problem and you're getting a medication from the local pharmacy, or you decide to go to another pharmacy because it's a better price. You're listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. With guest, who we're speaking with now, is Linda Chapman. Uh, she is a medication consultant, and we are listening about all the areas where medication can go wrong. And what I like, um, if you could, is can you highlight for us the five commonly overlooked medication issues? Well, in many cases, um, drug companies will, will are always always creating a new product, and and so when they come out with a, a newer version that is new and improved, um, that older version is uh, still on the market and is quite likely to be going on generic substitution availability soon. So when you're prescribed the new and improved, if money is an issue for you or if your insurance carrier is not going to pay for that, by virtue of going to someone like myself, and I, I call myself a, a concierge pharmacist, uh, those are things that I just know. And I can give you those alternatives so that you can then talk to your physician about it to determine whether or not the new and improved is actually a new and improved for you. Or if it's just a marketing package. <laughs> well, the drug companies have to stay have to stay uh, have to viable, correct? Um, and the new and improved may be new and improved for you, but then maybe it's not. Um, another thing is um, improper use of over-the-counter medications, and Dr. Oz and Oprah and her day were wonderful for bringing out all of these um, herbals that that could could make you lose weight and make you healthier, but. When you add those to a prescription drug regimen, it, it can cause some 
some bad interference. So these are things that you don't necessarily speak with with your doctor, but it needs to come out with your pharmacist concierge. And so while they sound like they're good because they're natural and they're herbs, the combination between those and prescribed medications is where the problem can be. That's exactly right. And it's if you if you go back to some of the the, um, the lipid reducing, um, Mavicor actually had an issue with that because it was so close to one of the um, um, herbal products. And over time, you can have some decreasing effectiveness. Um, it's you can have this with different categories of medications, but where you have different doctors prescribing, they don't always communicate. And where everything comes together is on that dr- drug regimen. And that's where you really need to come in and take a look. So by going through a pharmacy evaluation, um, some of the specific examples that I've had are diabetic patients that were taking their diabetic drug without consideration of when they were eating their meals. And what this can do is lower your blood sugar too low if you're taking the, the medication and not eating. It, it, you can get false values when you're testing your blood if you haven't waited enough time in order for the medication to take effect. I can, I can give another example. Um, an individual that um, a medication review is also particularly good for the family of someone who is um, in a facility. And I received a phone call one time from a family that was very concerned about their loved one who was experiencing shortness of breath and was complaining that she was not getting her pain medication. Uh, when they sent me the medication profile, um, it was it was readily apparent that she had been put on long-acting uh, narcotics, and they were they were giving the twelve every twelve-hour dosing every eight hours. So they were actually having all of this build up in her system. Mm. And then they were concerned that she was having shortness of breath be, because of, uh, of, of a pneumonia situation, when in fact the shortness of breath was because of respiration depression. So we got her, at my, at, at my suggestion and urgency, got her out to a pain management specialist. They took her off of those medications, and all of a sudden she could breathe. So it seems clear to me that, you know, your services through Rx Confirm improve patient care. And so just list a couple other uh, ways that having a medical prescription consult can help people. Well, it gives the patient the education and, and the knowledge to speak with their physician about their own issues. So many times... People are just accepting of what the physician says without coming back with questions. Or maybe they're overwhelmed with too many questions and not knowing how to target that to ask the, ask the physician what they really need to ask. So it can be very helpful with that. Um, again, it's taking the drugs at the right time and in the right combination. And so you can help them know that by looking at what they are taking. That's correct. And the the, the older lady who was having the shortness of breath, um, I got a telephone call from the family's representative about a month later, and they reported that she was no longer in pain, she was participating in physical therapy, and she was happy. Definitely sounds like improved care. <laughs> yes. So, Linda, how can people reach out to you to determine whether or not your services would benefit them? Well, it's anyone who is uncomfortable. If you have a 
if you're concerned that maybe you're taking too many medications, if and in an older person, if there is a um, change in change in conscious in the level of consciousness, if there's uh, someone who's hasn't been going to the bathroom every hour on the hour and now they are. These are all things that you need to come back and take a look at the medication. And one thing I hear quite a bit is my um, my family member just had a sharp decline, but they can't point to a stroke or they can't point to this or that. Would that be an indication of somebody who would have their medications reviewed? Yes. Okay, great. And so what do you have a phone number? Yes. it's um, The website is rxconfirm.com. And you can reach me directly at 404-840-6993. Again, that's 404-840-6993. And it's info at rxconfirm.com. And do you charge like an hourly rate or is it a consult rate? Um, how would someone know what to expect when calling you? For the most part, it is something that should be done on an annual basis or any time there is a change in status, like someone who's been discharged from the hospital. It's it's in the low hundreds, maybe $125 for an initial consult, and that would include everything. Okay, so great. So about 125 for an initial consult and then at a minimum annually thereafter to make sure that they maintain their wellness and their care. That's correct. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Linda, uh, for being here today and talking to us about how people can take control of their own care by knowing what medications they're taking and how they have an effect on each other. And, Victoria, let me add just uh, two more Mm -hmm. uh, statistics here. And these are are fairly uh, common numbers, but it is stated that there are more than 1.5 million preventable medication-related adverse events each year. 1.5 million. Preventable. Preventable. Correct. In addition, inappropriate use of medications is $177 billion per year. So if you're not a concerned about your own parent or concerned about your own family, then you can look at these numbers and say, gee, as an employer, I would like to provide this service to my employees. Absolutely. Return and- on investment is tremendous. Absolutely. And you don't have to be elderly in order to be taking medications, but there are a lot more elderly who are still in the workforce who are taking medications as well. And you're right, as an employer, this is something we should be looking at as well. And so we've been listening to Linda Chapman, and her phone number is 404-840-6993. And we are talking about medication and stress management, and you're listening to Senior Salute Radio. And now we're going to be talking with Melody Haynes, your emotional peace coach. Welcome, Melanie. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, what does your emotional peace coach mean? What does it mean? Uh, I'd actually like to tell you that what it is is a step-by-step system for mastering your emotions, and that's that. That's simple. But it's really not that simple. It's not, because (laughs) emotions are not simple. Right, right. And how did you get involved with, you know, trying to master our emotions? Right. Well, as many things are, um, things are born out of the need, the desperate desire to master my emotions. When I, I was very young and all my life, really, I've I've been a very emotional person. And even somebody look at me the wrong way and I might 
get into a tizzy of something. But then I had a lot of exciting things happening, uh, things that I didn't really want to happen in my life. Like my dad, who, you know, um, had Alzheimer's and almost burned the house down across the country. And that drove me into it. Well, it's um, definitely an exciting exci event. <laughs> <laughs> a very exciting event. Um, a lot of emotional things happened in my life. I had my daughter had 14 surgeries. And I, I was just always up against the emotional turmoil. And so I, I just was desperate and drove dove into all the studying of everything it, that all the te people teach about how to do that. But it affected your health, too. Uh, it absolutely affected my health, and I, I'm st still affecting my health. And to the point when you say you, you know, were desperate and it was affecting your health. Right. I mean, there were points when you just didn't even want to keep going. Well, as a matter of fact, you're totally right because I <laughs> didn't really expect to talk about this, but you have a way of drawing that out, don't you? <laughs> uh, I have I have a chronic pain situation, which will never go away. But th there's a difference between having pain and suffering. And I know that sounds strange to people because how could you have constant pain for, for the most part and not suffer? But that is indeed possible. And I really delved into, you know, the Eastern and the Western and all the, the famous teachers and studied everything. And I experientially did learn how to dissipate pain as, as I go through my day. So one of the things I wanted to do was to share that with people. You know, I wanted people to know that you don't have to struggle with emotions like that. And if you look around you, I mean, the whole world is violent and crazy and people are yelling at each other and having fights and relationship conflict. What does that come from? It comes from emotions. And what does emotion come from? It comes from thoughts, thoughts that are running around in our heads that we don't even know are there. Did you know that the scientists say that we have 80,000 thoughts in our heads in any one day? I know I do. <laughs> That's right. And, and I can bet you don't, can't tell me what they are either. And I'm sleeping as well. <laughs> oh, yes. That's so, true. And we can change our thoughts. There's lots of information out there about mm. change your thoughts, well, change your life. But thank what you you're for, talking yeah. about is much deeper than that. It is deeper. And thank you for saying that because change your thoughts, change your life is not, doesn't work. As a matter of fact, one of the things I have in um, a, a free audio that I, that I have put together for your, your clients and your listeners has to do with why positive thinking does not and cannot work. Because what you're doing is you're forcing it from the out side in, trying to make yourself think that. Really, behind the scenes, all the 80,000 thoughts are saying all these things to you. You know, you're bad. You're not as good as that person. That person is better than you. So you've got conflicting thoughts going on. Constantly. Um, but we don't look at them. We don't often know that we have them. And what I like about your emotional peace is a system, which means right. that it's not a one-time, you know, get rid of my pain. It it's isn't. It's yeah. a system of, I assume, steps, methods. Absolutely. Can you talk about that system a bit? Yes. I, I could talk about that system all day, but I'm in sure. this short, <laughs> short period of time, what I like to do, and the first thing I teach any of my clients, and in my, I have information products that I teach it in, and um, when I, the first thing that I will tell you is don't believe everything you think. And it sounds ridiculous. Don't believe everything you think. Just a cute little phrase, right? Well, you're used to hearing don't believe everything you hear. Now it's don't right. believe everything you think. And it's absolutely <laughs> true because you don't even know what you're thinking. And what I teach in initially, before you can even get into the step-by-step -step system of mastering your emotions, is how to watch your thoughts. How to see them. So, so be aware. Be to cognizant be aware. of them. Yeah. Now, I've talked to people who say, I don't have any of those thoughts. Those aren't in there. And, and it's just not possible. The human mind 
is just scientifically proven to have that many thoughts going on. I and um, excuse me, I just wanted to say, 98% of those thoughts <laughs> are the same thoughts over and over and over Just again. repetitive, which is why mm-hmm. they stay there so long. Right. Uh, well, I can tell you that, you know, I mean, from a personal experience of mine, when my uh, partner and I were trying to have children, you know, we did like everybody else does after your fertility fails. We were going to go through the adoption route because mm-hmm. that's what everyone does, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we continued to have resistance and not knowing why. And I did some, you know, self-work, let's just say. Yes. And I uncovered some thoughts that mm-hmm. I never thought I had uh, about adoption or I should yes, about adoption. And I'm proud of you. I won't share that here, but what I did recognize was adoption was never going to be my option, even though I'm totally in favor of adoption. Mm. It just wasn't ever going to be my option. And it was from thoughts I had I didn't even know. So I know what you're talking about. And then you had emotions that came from those thoughts. Oh, yeah. Once I realized them, mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. the tears were just, you know, uncontrollable emotions. Right. Right. Um, That's a very good example because any example in life, anything we have in life, it's never going to be what we want it to be. That's another thing. The one one mistake that most people looking for happiness make is that they were just going to ignore it. Um, I guess... What, what I'm, I started down one path and came down another. <laughs> but there's so much to this. I talk to people who tell me that they don't have thoughts. So what I was really wanting to give in value to your, your listeners was an exercise in which they could see their thoughts. Because if they are uncomfortable with their emotions and struggling and suf- suffering with their emotions, they need to see them before they can do anything about them. So are you going to share that exercise after we come back from our... Absolutely. Great. Well, you are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And we are speaking with Melody Haynes, emotional peace peace coach, uh, who has a system to help us manage our stress. And so with regard to that, what is an exercise to help us Get control of our thoughts. Okay, I'm going to give you the exercise, but I do want to tell you that the number one mistake that people make is actually having expectations. And that's what we have all, all our lives. Every day, every moment, every, every hour. We expect a person to say something or do something. We expect them to, our loved ones especially. And that, that tangles us all up inside and we, we get really upset. Because so, our expectations didn't come true. Right. Because we're expecting them to change right. or do something. <laughs> right. And then if they want to do something even better than we expected them to do, we even miss that. We don't even get a chance to enjoy the good, ex- the good things that happen because we expected something just a little less. Mm-hmm. And we, we're upset about that. <laughs> the mind just will not be happy with the present moment and what happens in the moment. And there's a lot of that in, in the system, present moment. Um, a long time ago, I was studying everything, and everyone said, let it go. Just learn to let go. Learn to let go and be in the moment. But I didn't know how, how to, to be in the present moment. So the first thing you do in an exercise like that is you go ahead and bring up in your mind a situation where you're very upset. The last time you were upset, everybody gets upset, so everybody can do this exercise. (laughs) 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 Or disappointed or frustrated or angry or whatever whatever the situation. Whatever's causing stress. Mm -hmm. And just sit down and try and recreate that in your mind. And you might already know what you were feeling. You might already know what you were thinking, but it's kind of doubtful you know what you were thinking. And usually I actually have worksheets where you, you fill out, you know, 
this is, I was thinking that this person doesn't like me. I was thinking that this person should have said this. I should have done that. I, I did a bad thing. I did very badly in this interview, uh, <laughs> whatever it might be. And the um, reason people don't know what they were thinking is because thinking's from the head and emotions are from like your heart or your uh, other party parts. Actually, that's an interesting question because thinking is subconscious most, mostly. And yes, it is from the head, but emotions do uh, are comprised actually of thoughts and feelings put together. That okay. you're right on, right on on, on that. Okay. That's and true. so instead of like, you know, people say to relax, meditate, which in my mind mm. because I'm not a big meditator, although I see the benefits of it is to still your mind. Oh. But you're actually saying, no, go to that event and yes. basically dissect it. That's true. That's an exercise. But I'm glad you mentioned meditation because I taught meditation for years and years um, anyway. And I don't do that anymore, really. Not too much. But what I really do is I teach meditation in the moment. I'm medi- I should be meditating right now. <laughs> you are meditating right now. You're looking at me. You're, you're breathing. You're seeing. You're hearing. You're feeling. You're thinking. And you're noticing everything in this moment. And when you're doing that, then you are med- – that's the definition of meditating. Is being present. Being fully, completely present. That's true. Which doesn't necessarily mean silent. <laughs> no, not at all silent. Okay. No. But As a matter present. of fact, when you're being present, if you notice that you're remembering, you will notice that you're remembering something. You'll notice that you're looking forward to something. You're um, planning, planning, remembering and all those things are in the present, even though it's in the past and the future as well. The only true thing is here now in this moment, each moment. And so what would be the average course of someone going through this process, this system, to get and start seeing results? Well, I think you've caught me in uh, a place where I'm, I'm in transition on, on that because I've had clients who had great results um, in eight weeks, and I've had clients who have gone to me weekly for a year and not really had good results because it all has to do with what they do with their own minds when they leave and when they stop listening to the audio that I provide and what they do with it. And so the key is basically it sounds like it varies depending it on really does. Uh, the people themselves and the work they put into it. it and does. so tell us, you know, what you have to share. Okay. The, the free gift that I put together for, for your audience, you mean? Yes. Yes. Okay. Let me just make sure I get it all right here so I will get my paper out. Um, so what I've created is a special gift that basically gives um, a whole lot of information that is um, – the introduction to emotional peace system. And it's all, if you'll go over to itsmindovermatter.com, I-T-S, mindovermatter.com, then they'll get a free download called The Three Things You Must Do to Gain Control of Your Emotions in Any Situation. And you'll hear some of what we talked about today, but you'll also hear, and the, the number one mistake people looking for happiness make, having expectations. You'll learn an easy and effective way to release tension why affirmations and positive thinking alone don't work. I re- alluded to that. And a whole lot of things that if you decide that you want to take the, next, the class that I give next um, and you go and you download that, you'll be on my list. And I'll, I'll give you t- free tips, lots of free tips. As a matter of fact, I'm going to throw in a worksheet like I talked about into this gift, and you'll get a 30% discount off whatever the next session is or whatever I'm going to Well, that's very generous, Melody. Thank you so much for offering that. And thank you for being here and sharing the information about your 
Emotion Peace System. Now, you're here wearing two hats because... I am, yes. Our senior that I'd like to salute today is oh, your father. I didn't realize that. <laughs> See, your... I had it all planned in what I was going to say about my dad in there. <laughs> uh, and so your dad is John Austin, and I had the uh, privilege of getting to know of John in 2005-6, so several years ago. Um, and, you know, what I would like is, you know, what I know about John is that he was a World War II veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, a doctor. A doctor. He has two children, one of which was adopted. Um, yes, and I have so actually reunited with him recently. Wonderful, <laughs> about a year ago. Those are all the character traits I know of your dad. Yeah. Um, but tell me, you know, what does it mean for John, having been your dad, and how he is a s- special senior? That's a tough question, I tell you. <laughs> Um, the truth is, I'm going to be really honest because I don't know how to be otherwise. Um, my dad, you know, was in the time when you didn't really communicate in your family. And I wasn't a boy, so we didn't really communicate. <laughs> we didn't have a very good relationship. But what happened was when he needed me, of course, I went out and helped him. And I had a lot of turmoil from that, from him being very angry, he was in and out. He had Al- he has Alzheimer's and has not recognized me or anyone else for eight years now. Um, so at that time, he was in the lucid stage, and he was really angry at me for going out there. And I do want to take the opportunity to thank you, and I had planned to earlier, uh, because I'll tell you, when I went out there, uh, the, the whole month that I got the guardianship papers and the um, power of attorney and took power away from him, and he hated me for it, um, I brought it out to you, and you took care of it from there, and you've eased my mind right right from the start, and you've always been there for us and for, for Dad and me. I mean, anything we need and Medicaid reviews, and you just have been the best. Well, thank you. And so basically, you know, why I wanted to highlight John is that you can tell a whole lot about a person by their children <laughs> and what they've done. And John exemplifies that. He's still living um, years. He's 95. After, yes, years after his diagnosis and still providing a benefit to those around him. And um, so thank you for coming on and sharing well, his experience. Thank you too. for the surprise. So, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So you have been listening to Senior Salute Radio, and I'd like to thank all of our guests, our listeners. We salute you. Mm-hmm.